Hey families, your sister Jocelyn here, and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. We are so glad that you are here and want you to know that we're committed to helping you strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and discover a sense of community. And we do so through a variety of ways by connecting you with a team of Christian counselors and offering trauma healing groups throughout the year. You can learn about these resources and so much more by visiting our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. Now today, I'm excited to welcome to the show an amazing woman who is on mission to share her message based on her testimony. Rose Ann Forte was a successful executive and ministry leader who used alcohol as a coping mechanism for life stressors. However, during the pandemic, she joined a coaching program that enabled her to overcome her dependence on alcohol, resulting in a transformative journey. And she's here to share her story with us today. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Rose. Oh, you're welcome. I, I am so glad um, to be here and, and talk about this really important subject. <laughs> Yeah, it is important. And I would love for you to start off with sharing a little bit more about your story in terms of struggling with an alcohol dependence. Yeah, I started pretty young. I wasn't a Christian back then and started kind of, I was a latchkey kid and went into the alcohol cabinet and just tried alcohol. And, you know, I just think the world says this is what you do when you're in high school and in college and at work and for romanticism. And I just got caught in all of it, um, caught up in all of it. I got married. I had kids. It was a very, very difficult and toxic relationship. I was full-time working and executive and just coping with the stress by using alcohol. Eventually, it, the levels of alcohol that I used just increased and increased and increased over time. My marriage, 29 years, ultimately collapsed and I went crazy on, on alcohol because I just couldn't cope. But when COVID-19 hit, I said, you know what? I'm going to die if I don't get this under control. So that's where I started to get control of it. But I should mention, you know, I became a Christian too at 33 years old. And I think like many of us do, we kind of pick and choose what we pay attention to in God's word. And I, I don't know if I didn't notice it, you know, the drinking part or the drunkenness part. I mean, when it became a problem, I started to get convicted that I wasn't in, you know, God's will with respect to my activities. But early on, it just didn't occur to me that I was doing something that was against God's will. But I, I was a ministry leader. I, I ran Bible studies. I loved Jesus. And I still got caught up in this, you know. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what your occupation is in terms of our struggles. It, you can be a minister. You can be someone who's famous. It, it, it really is irrelevant how some things can impact us because we're human at the end of the day. And so when it came to your story, were you able to kind of hide your addiction to alcohol? So I started a podcast fairly recently and I interviewed, um, and by the way, it's called Say Goodbye and Imagine, but I, re I interviewed the pastor that I was uh, a Bible study leader under and <laughs> I had to ask the question because I had never asked him the question like, did you know? And I did on the podcast and he didn't. So I hid that well. I mean, wow. I hid it well. 
Yeah. And and so was it something where you were able to play it off like maybe a casual drink, some wine? I mean, you know, it's it's acceptable and even in the church setting to have a, you know, a glass or go out socially. So how were what were some of the techniques that you used? Yeah, for those of us who drink alcohol, we, it's very sneaky. We sneak and we I if I was going out, I'd drink before I went out. And that way, when I was with people, it would look like less. And then I'd probably go home early and maybe people thought I was just being good. But then I my drinking really began. So everything is very secretive, you know, and hiding and shame because you don't want to let other people see how much alcohol you can consume. It's It was fairly significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me ask, Rose, in terms of the pain behind the drinking, because I believe in our correspondence, you said that that existed and was one of the things that contributed to you trying to cope through alcohol. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you discovered? Yeah, I I know that I used it because I felt lonely inside my marriage. So he would be off doing something and I just sit in the house and drink, you know, so I used it for loneliness, anxiety. I mean, what TV shows don't show you cracking open a beer or pouring the glass of wine after work. And that's what I did. And I felt like I was doing something completely acceptable and, you know, just managing a career. And I was trying to be a traditional mother, a, um, a godly mother, you know, in terms of my responsibilities, a good wife, just trying to balance way too much. And that's how I cope. So the problem is I didn't know how to cope with my problems unless I used alcohol. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. That's why it becomes addictive. Wait, I'm stressed. Wait, I'm depressed. Wait, I'm um, lonely. And so we use that to solve the problem and we don't learn the the coping mechanisms that God gave to us, right? Yeah, that's that's real. We we mask our pain, we run from our pain, and we can pretend. Um, whether it's loneliness, whether it's something that was a traumatic event, uh, we can go through the motions, but eventually, as you shared, it can catch up with us. And it, it was one of those things where you said during the pandemic, you realized that it was this is the end of my rope. I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to live like this if I continue going down this road. And so talk about the help that you received that allowed you to be able to break the hold that alcohol had on you at that level, at least. Yeah. And I think this is important only because I know a lot of people feel like me. I, I knew I had a problem, but I wasn't thinking I had a problem enough to call myself an alcoholic, go to meetings and, you know, say, I've got to do this for the rest of my life. I was super resistant to that, you know, looking to a higher power. I already loved Jesus. So this was really a problem for me. And I just didn't know how to get help. But during the pandemic, I did find a secular coaching program. And they said, just put it aside for 90 days. And I received so much transformation in that 90 days. My blood pressure was down. My resting heart rate was down. My weight was down. My confidence was up. Peace, joy, productivity. I was like, uh, wow. (laughs) And I had no intention of quitting forever at the time, which I think is a great strategy. It's a strategy I use too. The brain has too difficult of a time 
saying, oh, you know, you've got a problem, you've got to do this forever. I say, and this is what they challenge me with, put it aside for a while and let's see what's possible. I recognized a lot of the things that were being taught in that program were biblically based, but like, I, I like to quote my pastor. I go, how, how is it that I didn't, I couldn't quit in the church. And then I go out outside the church and I hear God's word and I quit. And he goes, yeah, the world is teaching the kingdom without the king. And, you know, that's kind of how the devotional came to be. I took all these concepts that I had learned in science and and, and renewing your mind and neurological pathways. And I matched it up and I created a daily devotional that kind of mirrors the journey that I went on. Yeah. Very cool. And it's interesting that you said that because yes, I think that when it comes to the word of God, there's universal truths that exist that the world will say, oh yeah, not realizing, yeah, that is from the word, <laughs> but you know, it still works regardless. Right. And so God can use anything to help us on our journey, even if it's not something that's packaged in a Christian box, if you will. And so I'm glad you found this coaching program and it was impactful for you. And with this, um, this book, this devotional that you put together, uh, what are some, some of the main, uh, lessons, if you will, that you teach people? Yeah, I teach people that, that one, the process of renewing your mind, it's really practicing and developing new neurological pathways. Because as we talked about before, there's a trigger, stress, loneliness, depression, and we go, okay, that's, you know, that's what I grab. And so it's developing this awareness about truth. And we're always looking at the truth about alcohol, not the lies that we have learned. And so it's just practicing to say no, practicing to do something different. It's um, processing forgiveness. Um, of self and others, because a lot of people drink because maybe they've been the victim of something that's horrendous and they try and self-medicate to deal with that pain. Um, so it's uh, a lot based on forgiveness of self and others. And uh, it's also finding joy. Like we took something out in our life that we thought was super important of highest priority, right? We gave up time with family to drink. Um, and so because we're taking something out, it's looking at and seeing what did God create you to do? Because most of us know that there's something inside of us that we're gifted with. And maybe we didn't, uh, we didn't tackle it because we were drinking instead or busy with something else. And so I really encourage people to maybe take that course or um, learn how to flower arrange or bowl more, or, you know what I mean? It's just whatever you feel like, I wish I had already always done this because in, a, in exchange for something you took out, you want to put something back in that you were gifted with and I, and that you can ultimately use for the kingdom. Cause when you're doing something that's full of joy, then you can bring it to your church and use it for the kingdom. Right. That's awesome. Rose. 
Hey family, I needed to interrupt today's broadcast for a very important public service announcement to all my women out there. If you are a sister who you know God is calling you to start your own ministry, maybe you have the desire to become a Christian life coach. Maybe you want to work in the ministry of helping those who are grieving from a divorce or major loss. Maybe you have the gift of communication and want to travel across the world sharing a message that God has given you. Whatever that calling is, I want to help you reach it. That's why I started Women in the Ministry, a community designed for women who are called to non-traditional ministries outside of the walls of the church, but they need a community. They need a little support getting their ministry off the ground. If that's you, I encourage you to visit womenintheministry.com for more information about some upcoming free events, tools, and resources to help you not only launch your ministry, but build a powerful ministry for the kingdom. Again, that's womenintheministry.com. Check that out today. Now let's get back to the show. So the lessons sound incredible that you are teaching people um, from lived experiences, but also some of the training that you received from your coaching program. And so with uh, the book that you now have written, what else are you doing to help individuals who have found themselves in a similar situation as what you experienced? Yeah, the book is called, by the way, The Plans He Has For Me, because it's based on Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, for I know what the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And at one point I was like, yeah, right, God, you know, what, what plan could you possibly have? And at that point I was like, you know, if I get hit by the bus, I'm good, God, I'm good to be with you. Right. And, and I wanted to say that because that's so typical of people that get to this point and, you know, this this transformation confirms that God had a plan. And so what I've been doing, I just published the book in August and I started a coaching program in October. Um, I'm also working on some curriculum for churches. Um, I'm hoping to do a beta test in September sometime with churches because community is so such an important part of this process. But I'm coaching them and I'm just sharing with them and I'm asking them to give me 12 weeks to see what's possible and to understand the difference. And it's just so fun to watch people transform. I mean, their skin gets better, their confidence gets better, they understand how to handle and navigate social situations and they feel the power of the Holy Spirit. They get more connected to God because in a daily devotional, you're spending 84 consecutive days with God, and that has to be transformational, right? Without a doubt, it is. That is great. And was there any fear or doubt as you were beginning the process of starting your coaching ministry, essentially? Oh, my goodness. That is such a good question. I will tell you that because if you had rolled your eyes at me, I would have shuddered, cried, and lost my confidence for months, right? Now I am fearless. I'm on a mission because I know it's Holy Spirit led. When I was an executive, I was, you know, finance and administration, and now I'm having to learn how to write, how to market, how to sell, how to cook. Everything is new. <laughs> yeah. And I just, it's crazy because my life is completely different and knowing it's rooted in him 
I can be fearless. And I just used to want to hide under a table in fear that I would be judged, you know? Yeah. Oh, I appreciate your transparency around that because when we know we're called to do something, sometimes fear and doubt can sneak up and just keep us frozen in our tracks. But uh, the fact that with this transformation, one of the things that you recognize is your boldness and you're like, I'm on mission to take back what the devil tried to do what he does best, which is steal, kill, and destroy. And and with that, um, you are now focusing on building this ministry. Even if you don't know all the answers, you're going to eventually figure it out. And uh, my hope for you and even our listeners is if you are someone who's like Rose, who you're starting to build a ministry and you know God has called you, take one tiny step forward just one step. You never know where that might lead you. And also find yourself with a community of people, which will have some resources around that, who can possibly help you in starting your ministry. But I affirm you in making this bold step forward, uh, because we need more warriors in the field to take back what God has already given us. But sometimes we through living life and tragedy and the devil and a number of other factors, we've had things taken away from us that belong to us as a child of God. Well, and the weirdest thing is, you know, I used to be this Bible study teacher and I used to say, well, I'll never, never be an evangelist, but I can teach the word. The joke's on me. So many people are finding God <laughs> through what I now, and, and I'm just so much bolder, but because I'm not living in shame with this huge secret, I, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but that's a big secret to keep, you know, um, and it's a lot of lies that you have to cover up. And when you kind of clear the field of that, you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I laugh when you said that you just never can say never. You don't know what God can do in terms of in your story and your life. And so for you, I'm glad that you were wrong. If you're saying that God can use you, I'm telling you, you're wrong because he has used so many people in the Bible who have been fallen, whether they fell into addiction, whether they fell into adultery and whether they fell into whatever, it, there's there's nothing new under the sun in terms of sin, fallen, brokenness, all that. And yet and still, God is so good. As you mentioned, he knows the plans that he has for you, that he wants to use you to do some amazing things for the kingdom. And it's up to you to surrender, to get past all the shame, all the doubt, all the things and say, here, God, here's my mess. How are you going to use my mess for something that's beautiful, something that can be redeemed and something that can give you glory? But it starts with surrendering and saying, God, I need you. And, and that's what you did, you know. And so, Rose, with all the great things that you've been doing over the last several years, what's what's next for you? I think you talked about the coaching program and what you're going to be doing with churches. Is there anything else that you want to share? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be writing another book this summer <laughs> and it's how to prepare to quit because a lot of people are so scared, you know, and they don't know what to do and I I figured a readiness guide might work so that they can go in with gusto when they when they decide to do it. So that's uh that's on the horizon. I just want to add one more thought, and I rarely do this. I rarely share this with people on interviews. But when you said, you know, that God can use you, I want to add at any age. I'm 64, and I'm just getting started on this, you know, because sometimes I'm like, 
are you crazy? And, and people go, I don't think you ever retire from God's work. And don't. I am just developing this new fearless life in my 60s. So, and I hear people go, oh, in my 40s. And I'm like, oh, don't I wish I could have started back then, you know? But I do want to just say it's not, it's never too late. It's, it's never too late. You know, it's never too late. I amen and I say to that. Thank you for for sharing your story and your testimony with our our listeners. And I would love for you to share how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, I my website is www.theplanshehasforme.com. And if you click the red button that you see right right there on the front, you can get um, twenty uh, tips on how to respond in social situations when you don't want to drink you know, and, and making it really light and fun as opposed to like, oh, I got a, you know, like I got a problem. I have to quit. No, uh, we're not going to talk like that to people. And then you can access my book there get my book there and do a lot of other research about, you know, kind of my approach. So that sounds great. I encourage anyone who has found themselves in a situation similar to Rose to check it out. And also anyone in general can benefit from just seeing those resources because you might know someone who um, is struggling with an addiction and needs that help. And so check it out, download the free gift that she has available for you. And Rose, I just pray for blessings as you continue to do great things and expand your vision for what God can do through you. Thank you for having me. It's been a it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk about this. Thanks. Yes, yes. And I thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you were blessed by it. And if you were, you know what to do. Please leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. And if you're looking for a Christian counselor, don't forget to visit our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. So that's it for this week, family. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon, family.